Inflation continues to rise. AMC has a crazy week and is a firm abide. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. What a crazy day. I mean, my oh my, the index is all over the place today, but we finished green, mostly choppy action. At some points, it looked like we were ready for liftoff, and then it all came back down to earth here at the end of the day. But overall, the Dow Jones up 64 points at the close, NASDAQ up 12, S&P 500 up 3, the rest 2K down 4, and the VIX flat. Well, it's up just just about 0.02 points, uh, but pretty much flat. So overall, a wild week, a choppy week, a lot of big headlines, a lot of big earnings, a lot of uh, sizable companies. Um, but at the end of the day, we are all here to talk about, well, the headline that has been stirring this market crazy for, I would say, the past few months now, and that is inflation this morning. The core personal consumption expenditure price index increased once again by 3.1% in April from a year earlier. And this is not good. The Federal Reserve, they see this PCE or the core PCE as the number one gauge for inflation. And this continues to increase. Now, as we have noted in the past, it increased 1.9% in March. Um, and it was forecasted to simply increase 2.9% uh, this month. Well, it increased by 3.1% and prices continue to rise. And we see that today after Costco releasing a few statements on the inflation issues. Um, in fact, they noted that they're seeing price increases in pretty much everything across the board, mostly inflation related. For instance, they said the largest spike they've seen was a 20% spike in meat prices, which is insane. The CEO was describing inflationary factors, and he said, quote, these include higher labor costs, higher freight costs, higher transportation demand, along with the container shortage and port delays, increased demand in various product categories, some shortages various shortages of everything from chips to oils and chemical supplies by facilities hit the Gulf freeze and storms and in some cases higher commodity prices so overall these shortages and inflation absolutely nailing Costco on the price side of things on the cost side um, and at the end of the day we are seeing this all over the country um, all over the world at the moment but mostly in the United States it's all stemming from or going towards inflation. So we have shortage issues and then we have inflation issues and those are coming together to create a hyperinflation, well not hyperinflation, but a more accelerated inflation scenario um, currently. Now, some big investors are betting on hyperinflation. They're betting the government will continue to spend out their rear ends, which I personally think they will as well. I mean, today, the Biden administration released their yearly budget, um, and it was insane. There was increases across the board. They're continuing to push this massive infrastructure package that, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, isn't even infrastructure. Like, a very small amount of it is actually infrastructure, and the rest of it is all going to a whole bunch of other stuff. If you want a bill for, say, health care, then make a health care bill. Make a health care package. Don't package that in with an infrastructure bill, but at the end of of the day we're not here to talk politics we're here to talk about government spending the u i mean we're not even here to talk about that but that is affecting the u.s stock market because 
the markets are still fearing inflation. Inflation is still a major risk looking to the future. Um, and as we all know, the only way really for the Fed to counter inflation is to raise interest rates. And if they have to raise rates, then many of those high flying growth names, those technology names are not going to like that. And therefore it's going to completely change the overall construction of the market currently. Um, and that's really what has been happening. We've been seeing the overall indexes moving higher because we have tech selling off and we saw that sell off really, really hard throughout the past few months. And all of that money is flowing into those statistical names, those names that do better under higher inflation periods. They're, those names, such as the energy names, those commodities. Um, I mean, we see it across the board, really. But when you take a look at where the money goes from inflation, it generally goes to a few places. It goes to REITs, so real estate trust, because um, real estate does quite well under inflationary conditions. It goes to commodities. It also goes to energy, which is the number one performer in the past under high inflation scenarios. It goes into the financials, the big banks. Um, so it goes to a lot of places that typically and have not been getting a lot of money in the past, I would say, year, year and a half, two years. Um, so what you have to do is you have to not only look at the markets, but you have to take a look at the overall economy. Now, I don't like to bet against America. I'll never bet against America. As Warren Buffett has said, never bet against America, and I don't believe you do. But that does not mean that the country's not going to have huge inflation issues. I think inflation is going to be a bigger risk, and some investors Major, major investors believe it's going to be. Bill Ackman um, was on noting a few weeks ago that inflation is going to be a major issue. We have a leading economist noting that. We have Michael Burry, who is one of the greatest investors of all time. I mean, if you take a look at his track record, he was the one who called the crash in 07, the great financial crisis in 07 and 08. He was the one they made a movie about because the call was so big. He also pretty much called the GameStop rally. Um, so, I mean, really, he is betting huge on interest rates moving higher. So when you zoom out, what you have to do is say, okay, inflation is obviously increasing. We're seeing it in the core PCE data. We're seeing it in all the data across the board. Companies such as Costco are coming out and saying, yeah, there's a lot of shortage issues as well, but we're also seeing the inflation effects. So overall, we just see a giant inflationary situation that's starting to build. And if the government continues to spend and the Fed continues to back the markets through easy policy, you're going to have major inflation issues going forward in the next five to 10 years. Um, and therefore, you need the position for that as an investor. So get into those more inflation-friendly names, the energy, the real estate, the commodities, all of those things tend to do better. The industrials tend to do better under higher inflation scenarios. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we have a few, not huge, but Morgan Stanley maintains Johnson & Johnson is overweight. I actually like that. Johnson & Johnson, a terrific company, has a solid dividend. Um, it's one of those names that's just going to continue to grow over the long term consistently um, and that's going to be around for a very 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 long time and it pays you to stay um, and it's one of those steady names you're not going to see you know a 50% change in price over three weeks um, it's literally probably going to change maybe five to ten percent over the course of a month uh, so at the end of the day I really do like J&J and then Bank of America reiterated Salesforce as a top pick 100% agree excellent management team, consistent growth, a lot of those annual revenues, those recurring revenues. Um, so overall, I love it. And they're doing a great job and they're going to do a great job 
with the acquisition of Slack, I believe that is going to be a very successful acquisition because those companies are just meant for each other. All of Slack's offerings combine so well with Salesforce's that it makes excellent sense. And then finally, rounding out all of these analyst calls, we got Benchmark upgrading advanced micro devices to a buy from hold. I like this call. Advanced micro devices is a remarkably solid company, AMD. It's running on all cylinders, firing at all cylinders. I mean, it is is one of those companies in the semiconductor space that you have to own. I like the fact that they have quite a bit of exposure to quite a bit of industry. Um, they have exposure to the autos. They have exposure to the video game space, which is massive. A lot of crypto guys are buying GPUs from AMD and NVIDIA. I mean, just overall, I really do like AMD. Um, and it's one of my personal holdings because it's such a fantastic company. And then finally, uh, let's do one last analyst call. Jeffries reiterated cost. Costco is a buy. 100% agree with this. Costco is another one of those fantastic companies that continue to grow at a consistent rate. Um, and not only that, but they're one of those iconic names like a Walmart or a Home Depot that people are never going to stop going to. They're always going to keep going to Costco. Plus, they're expanding in China. And from the word, from what I've heard, it is going quite well. Now, let's shift into AMC. AMC has been going crazy. So it rounded out the week. It ended the week with 116% in gains. I mean, that is absolutely insane. And that brings its total 2021 rally to 1,132%. Now, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think actually investors have done a good thing here with AMC because AMC was one of those companies that was about to go bankrupt. They were, you know, literally starting to sell all of the assets. They were trying to make it through the depths of the pandemic um, and everyone was calling on them. The banks were calling them and they're like, you guys, you're going to go bankrupt soon. And well, investors came in and a firm stock started to go up and then it went up and then it went, I mean, not a firm's and AMC stock went up and up and up and it continued to rally. And then AMC was able to do an offering in management, used this huge rally and this huge Wall Street bets following and this social phenomena around AMC stock to his advantage, raised capital for AMC, better capitalized the company. And now AMC is back. People can go out, they can go to movies, they can experience life once again. And AMC is starting to see a jump back in business. Now, do I think you should buy AMC all the way at its current price point now? Heck, no, um, it's definitely getting on that overvalued end here at 26 bucks a share. But at the end of the day, it definitely is a solid um, company. But this rally, yes, it's exhausted, of course. I mean, massive, massive uh, upside here is 26 bucks. You know, it's high was all the way back in 2015, right around 2015, 2016, all the way up at 35. So it's definitely, I think, going to be it's exhausted at this point and it's overstretched rally. Rally. Um, and I do think it's going to be overvalued here. But at the end of the day, this goes to show that investors and retail and the social curtailing, the social following in the markets isn't all bad. Yeah, it creates massive volatility. It creates massive risk. But at the same time, it can save companies. We see AMC getting saved throughout the past few months. Um, and not only that, but we also saw, for instance, Hertz. That was another company that almost went bankrupt. And then there was a huge spike in the stock and they were able to recapitalize. 
and the company was saved. So at the end of the day, it is not all bad. I definitely wouldn't be getting an AMC. It's too risky for me, uh, but it is definitely a name to pay attention to um, and a name to look back on when you're looking at just how volatile the markets can get. Now let's shift into Affirm and let's break it down real quick. So Affirm, if you don't know Affirm, well, they're growing quite quickly and you've probably seen them, but just don't know it. So when you go to check out on say any shop, any website built with Shopify, uh, Peloton's website, it'll say pay now or pay over time. And that is a firm. That is all a firm. Now, a firm is an up and coming digital commerce platform that allows customers to purchase a product and make payments over time. A firm's platform continues to grow in popularity and its integration is seen in a vast array of companies, including Walmart, Peloton, Expedia, Adidas, Shopify, and so many more. The company is led by CEO and founder Max Levchin. Levchin, you might recognize him as he has been an icon of the commerce and digital payment space after co-founding PayPal in 1998 and working as CTO of PayPal up until his departure in 2002. And that is when they sold to eBay for a huge amount of money. Now, at the end of the day, I really like the fact that the CEO is Max Levchin. Why? Well, first off, um, he has a huge past in the payment space. His leadership has been proven to be excellent. Um, and I always like it when there is someone in a management position that has a huge amount of experience in the industry that the company is involved in and that you can be confident in the company that they're going to make the right decisions. But this also benefits the company and the acquisition from because with a CEO and a leader like Max Levchin, they are going to be more aggressive in growing their company and moving into bigger arenas. And what I like is in recent news, firm closed their acquisition of Returnly in a cash and equity deal valued at $300 million. Now, Returnly is a financial technology company that provides direct to consumer companies with the proper technology to offer a quick and simple product return process. Quote, we have demonstrated how a firm can accelerate growth by helping merchants reach new customers and drive conversions. With Returnly, a firm addresses the full shopping journey by enabling seamless return experiences that drive loyalty and satisfaction, Levchin said. Now, rounding out all the acquisitions this company has made, a firm acquired Paybright for $340 million Canadian in mid-December. Now, Paybright is Canada's leading buy now and pay later platform. According to management, the acquisition will increase a firm's North America footprint and accelerate the scaling process. I like to see this. So not only does Max Levchin have a huge history in the space, but he is aggressive. He's going on the acquisition front and he's building out a firm as one of those giants such as PayPal now is. I like to see it. Now, Digging into the earnings numbers, a firm unfortunately missed Q3 2021 expectations with an EPS of negative $1.06, and that is lower than the analyst EPS consensus estimate of negative 29 cents. Now, on a quarter over quarter basis, EPS declined significantly from the Q2 2021 level of negative 45 cents, but it's not all bad. Revenues, on the other hand, continue to expand with Q3 revenues totaling $230.7 million, representing a strong 67% year over over year jump. Now, according to leadership, revenues were driven by, quote, increases in network revenue and interest income. So far, great stuff I am seeing out of a firm. Two major acquisitions that are only going to make the company stronger, increases in revenues and management 
Solid past, solid experience. Love to see it. Now, gross merchandise volume, GMV also continuing to grow with GMV increasing by 83% year over year to a strong $2.3 billion, excluding the recall of Peloton products. A firm noted that GMV expansion would have been 100% year over year. So that, you know, that Peloton recall we saw not too long ago, if that never happened, their GMV would have increased not by 83% year over year, which is impressive, but 100% year over year. Very impressive numbers so far. Now, sifting through firm's user base, active merchants more than doubled throughout the quarter to a strong 12,000 merchants and counting, while active customers, consumers expanded by 60% to a sizable 5.4 million consumers in Q3. Now, while revenues, GMV, and customers continue to grow, a firm reported a sizable operating loss of $169.5 million, unfortunately. Now, the operating loss is significantly larger than the 81.5 million dollar loss they ran in q3 2020 but this was attributed to ipo compensation costs which are quite common now on the flip side adjusted operating income improved totaling totaling 4.9 million dollars for the quarter now for comparison the q3 2020 adjusted operating income was a loss of negative 70.7 million dollars so a huge improvement on a year-over-year basis there in adjusted operating income Net loss continued to deepen, unfortunately, as well, with the Q3 2021 net loss totaling $247.2 million, and that's much higher than the $85.6 million in 2020. So not the best there when it comes to net loss and operating loss, but that can definitely be fixed over time as the company continues to rapidly grow. Now, shifting in the margins, operating margin worsened um, from negative 58.9% to negative 73.5%, but adjusted operating margin improved from negative 51.1% to a better 2.1%. So overall, the number's mixed, but in my opinion, quite good for a company this young and and they're growing very, very quickly. Um, with all those acquisitions and IPO cost, um, it is not surprising to me to see that their net loss deepened because you know there's a lot of cost um, that go into those acquisitions and IPOs, which people really don't know. Uh, so definitely a lot of cost there, and management even attributed those losses to that in the books. Um, in fact, in this breakdown, I said the significantly larger loss was attributed to IPO and acquisition cost, um, and they released a statement on this and did indeed say, we're going to see more cost, we're going to see increased cost due to the IPO and two acquisitions that we've seen in the past few months. Now, management was upbeat, unquote, a firm's strong third quarter results reflect continued progress toward building the most valuable and transparent financial network for consumers and merchants, Levchin said. Now, a firm also raised guidance in the Q3 report, um, and they are now expecting GMV to land within a range of $2.20 billion to $2.25 billion in Q4. Revenues are also expected to land within a range of $215 million to $225 million. Solid numbers. Now, shifting into the balance sheet, the numbers, they are pretty darn solid. With total debt of $2 billion, total liabilities of $2.362 billion, total assets of $4.766 billion, and a cash short-term investments level of $1.624 billion. Now, they do trade at a significant valuation, a price to sales of 21.60 times and a price to book of 6.31 times, but they're one of the only players in this space. There's not many companies like a firm at all, and some of their partnerships are so big, they simply can't be overlooked, in my opinion. Um, and this is definitely a name where you're paying up for future growth. Now, given the numbers, the analysts are bullish with a mean price target of $75.27 per share, and that represents a 23.78% upside from its current price point. 
Now, the high price target is $93 per share, and the low is $56 per share. So right now, according to the price targets, you have a maximum loss of nearly 8% and a max gain of just about 53%. Not bad odds there, according to the analyst. Now, the big money is quite involved with 71.06% of a firm being owned by institutions. Top holders include GIC Private Limited, Lightspeed Venture Partners, and Bailey Gifford & Company. Now, on a technical basis, a firm could be presenting an opportunity. If you take a look at a firm stock, they are down big time over the past few months. They are way off their highs, um, way up over 100. So if we take a look, in the past three months, a firm stock has fallen 34%. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. 34%. But it's starting to bottom. The MACD recently turned back positive in this building uh, upside momentum, uh, and that's within a range of negative 2.92 down to negative 4.35. Now, the six-month charts are also indicating an RSI of 52 and a CCI of 96, and those are just about neutral, but it is at a bottom, and the stock is still down 34% on a three-month basis. So I would definitely consider adding um, a firm to my portfolio here because it seems to be quite a moderate price compared to, compared to past price action. Now, looking to the future, the risk are minimal, especially with sizable part partnerships, um, and the company continues to strengthen those partnerships. They also noted in the most recent quarterly report that they're going to continue strengthening that partnership with Shopify and boosting um, you know, everything going towards that deal. So I like the fact that they are not only uh, working with these companies, but they're continuing to improve the partnerships with other companies, which I like to see. So in short, firm ticker sign AFRM, for those of you who are going to do more research and need to do more research, is a solid digital commerce investment with a reliable management team and expanding customer base, growing revenues and simple business model. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. We'll be back on Monday talking about the markets per usual. Um, until then, easily profit trade on and remember, do that research. See you then.